comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Okay, so we are going to continue our teaching series. We've been on for, I think, two weeks now, just exploring the kingdom. Amen. Jesus said we are to seek, and I said from the very foundation of the teaching that to seek means to understand. To seek is to understand. Somebody say understand. Say understand. Say appreciate. Comprehend. Okay, so the Bible says seek ye first the kingdom of God. It means we must understand we must know how the kingdom works. God's kingdom works differently. And once we understand it and we apply ourselves to it, the benefit therein follow our lives. The only thing the Bible says has capacity to bring all additions. Somebody say all additions. Say all additions. The only thing that has the key to bringing all other things into your life is none other but the kingdom of God. Jesus said, do not worry. Matthew chapter 6 verse 31 to 33. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knows you have need of them. But seek first. Somebody say, seek first. The kingdom. He said, seek first your kingdom. Seek first uh, Ashanti kingdom. Seek first Fante kingdom. Seek first the uh, British kingdom. Seek first the kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. If there is a kingdom of God, then we need to seek it first. And to be able to know that what we are seeking is the kingdom of God, we want to explore the opposite side. So we are looking at a tale of two kingdoms. That's the title of my teaching, A Tale of Two Kingdoms, story about two kingdoms, two separate kingdoms. God's word reveals that there are two kingdoms. Human beings exist in two worlds. There are two worlds all of us are in. We have the word of the spirit and the word of the flesh. We have a natural world and we have a spiritual world. We have the world of light and we have the world of darkness. That is the world we live in. As a human being, you need to understand that you are a spirit being. Somebody say, I'm a spirit being. I have a soul. And I function in my body. Say, I am a spirit being. I have a soul. And I function in my body. That's what we are told in the book of 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23. He said, now may the God of peace sanctify you completely. How? And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless. So, it talks about the three levels of human existence. And you need to be able to appreciate existence in all these three levels. In the book of 1 Corinthians 15, verse 40, he said, There are celestial bodies and there are terrestrial bodies. There are bodies 
that are heavenly, there are bodies that are earthly. The Bible said the glory of one is different from another. So we exist on two different platforms. The natural world is a world we see. The natural world is a world that is tangible and visible. Somebody say tangible and visible. You can see things in the natural world. Your five senses operate in the natural world. Then there is a spiritual world. Somebody say a spiritual world. Okay, so the spiritual world is the unseen realm. It's the unseen realm. The unseen does not mean that it's not real. It's as real as a scene. It's just that it's unseen. There's a way you function there. That makes it so real to you. How do we function in the spiritual? We function in the spiritual by faith. Somebody say by faith. The Bible says that now faith is the substance of things so far. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. He said through faith we understand that the things which are seen were not made of things which do so appear. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 to 3. He said through faith we understand. Somebody say we understand. That the wealth, can you see the wealth? That is an admission that there are wealth. It's not just one world. It's not just this world that you see. That's why I tell people all the time. If you are living on one plane only, you are living at the greatest risk of your life. There are wealth. The seen world and the unseen world. He said, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Amazing. Can you see that? I just saw something there. That's beautiful. He said, but the two words were framed by the word of God. In other words, when you have the word, you can function in both realms. The two worlds were framed. How we engage the word of God determines how well we can function in any of the worlds. Whether the spiritual world or the natural world. It was framed by the word of God. Then he says, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So there are things that are invisible and there are things that are visible. There are battles that are invisible. There are battles that are visible. And sometimes we get defeated because instead of fighting in the invisible realm, we reduce ourselves to the flesh and we begin to fight in the natural realm. So we begin to pick up fight with individuals instead of dealing with the spirits behind them. The reality is that just as there are two worlds, there are also two kingdoms. Somebody say two kingdoms. In fact, the spiritual world actually exists on two platforms in terms of kingdom. There are two kingdoms in Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 to 13. Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 to 13. Giving thanks. Somebody say giving thanks. Now, why was Apostle Paul giving thanks? He said, I'm giving thanks to the Father because he has qualified us. Somebody say, I'm qualified. Say, I am qualified. I am qualified. It's one of the things we'll be talking about in our series. Who have qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Somebody say, the saints in light. Verse 13. Look at verse 13. Let's read it together one go. He has delivered us. And conveyed us into the kingdom. Great. That is an admission that there are two kingdoms. There is a kingdom of his yes son and there is a kingdom of darkness. He has delivered us from the power of the kingdom of darkness. And translated us into the kingdom of light. Every person that is alive is a resident. Consciously or unconsciously in one of these two kingdoms. You are either in the kingdom of God or you are in the kingdom of Satan. We are told that in the book of Matthew chapter 13 verse 37 to 38. He answered and said to them, he who sows the good seed is the son of man. And the field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tails are the sons of the wicked one. 
So in these two kingdoms, there are sons of God and sons of the devil. The sons of the devil form the devil's kingdom, not alone, but with other people, and then other entities, and then the sons of God form God's kingdom with other entities. Let's look at the composition of Satan's kingdom. Satan's kingdom has a composition. What are the people that constitute? What are the elements? What are the spirit beings that constitute Satan's kingdom? Number one is Satan himself. Somebody say Satan himself. So when we look at Satan's kingdom, we see Satan, we see spiritual beings called demons. Demons are spiritual entities, fallen angels that partnered with Satan to cause a revolution or a revolt in heaven. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, there was war in heaven and there was no place found for the dragon and his angels. So when they waged war, when they made a coup against God in heaven and they could not maintain their place, they were cast down. When they came down, they came down with Satan as their king and they as servants of Satan or angels fighting with his cause. So we have Satan himself as a king. We have spirit beings which are called demons and then we have human beings who are called children of the devil. Look at John 8, 44. John 8, 44. You are of your father. Let's read it together. One go. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he's a liar and the father of it. So, Satan has sons and daughters and they all constitute a part of his kingdom. Satan's kingdom, you have to be born into it. We have to be born into it. And all of us at one phase or the other have been part of Satan's kingdom. Praise God. There is nobody on the planet who has never been part of Satan's kingdom. It's not possible. The only person who was never there is the only person who was able to bring us out of it. And his name is Jesus. The reason why Jesus could bring us out of the kingdom of darkness was because he was never part of it. But the rest of us, all of us, were at one point in time or the other in our lives, were subject to the law of sin. Look at how citizenship comes. Psalm 51 verse 5. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. Somebody say, I was born a sinner. Just as you were born a sinner. Yay. <laughs> it's getting exciting. Just as you were born a sinner. You can also be born a saint. Praise God. You can be born a saint. You can be born a saint. No wonder in the book of 1 Corinthians, when Paul was speaking to the Corinthian church, he says that those who are saints in Christ, there are some religious denominations that believe that when you die, after you are dead or something, they can do some processes for you, then you become a saint. But you don't need to die to be a saint. You can be born a saint. Somebody say, I'm born a saint born a saint. No matter how you look at yourself, you view yourself, the Bible says you are born a saint. You were born a sinner. You didn't sin. You didn't do anything. You didn't lie. You didn't cheat. You didn't fornicate. You didn't do anything to be called a sinner. You were just born a sinner. The same way, when you also get born again spiritually, you are born into a new family. Can somebody say an amen? amen. Now, we see that again in Romans chapter 5 verse 12. He said, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world, Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone. For everyone sin. Everyone what? Everyone sin. Through the sin of Adam, all of us were made sinners. 
Now, to be part of Satan's kingdom, all you need to do is to be born by a woman. Is to be born by nature. When your birth is natural, you are naturally a sinner. That is how the constitution of the kingdom of Satan is. And then the citizenship is. Let's look quickly at the constitution of the kingdom of God. How the kingdom of God consists. The kingdom of God, the elements and the people who form it. One, we have God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. We have spiritual beings which are angels. Somebody say angels. Uh, so you need to know what is in the kingdom which you belong. We are going to look at kingdom culture. But if you don't know the different kingdoms that exist, you won't know the cultural differences. There are cultural differences. For us to appreciate it, we must first of all appreciate the concept of the various kingdoms. So here we have God, the Holy Spirit, God, the Son, God, the Father. Then we have spiritual beings which are angels. Angels are part of God's kingdom. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14, are they not ministering spirits? Somebody say ministering spirit. Send forth to minister to those who inherit salvation. Who are those who inherited salvation? Who inherited salvation? In fact, this one says, those who inherit salvation. Some modern translation says, those who are heirs of salvation. So once you become an heir of salvation, one of the benefits you have at your disposal is that angels minister to you. From this week, may angels minister to you. May angels minister finances to you. Whatever project you are on, my angels minister to you. So angels minister. The minister, they are sent to minister. The word minister means they are sent to serve. May angels serve you. In the name of the Lord Jesus. That is about the constitution. We have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We have spiritual beings which are angels. And then number three, we have everyone who has accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Everyone who is born again is a member of God's family. And they don't need to be in faith house. Anywhere they are. Once they are born again, they are members of God's family. Somebody say, I'm a member of God's family. I'm a citizen of God's kingdom. That is what Apostle Paul was thanking God for. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 to 13. Colossians 1 12 to 13. The new living translation says, always thanking God. Somebody say, always thanking God. Always, every time when he went on his knee, he was thanking God. What was he thanking God about? He was thanking God that he has made us to share. He has enabled us to share in the inheritance of the saints. He has delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Somebody say, I'm transferred. I'm no longer there. That word alone, if your mind can grasp that, it can change a lot of things. You are no longer there. Whatever pertains in that kingdom is not applicable to you. Sickness is not applicable to you. Poverty. Now listen, 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 wait. The moment you begin to make a transit and you change your citizenship from Ghanaian citizenship to British citizenship, American citizenship, all the benefits of American citizenship are available to you. Are you with me? The Bible says you've been transferred. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. Whatever pertains in the kingdom pertains to you. If you are a British citizen and you are in Ghana and COVID-19 hits Ghana and they are coming for people, white British person, they will carry you also dark British person. They won't look at your skin color and say you are too black, you are too dark, I think you are Ghanaian. All that they require is your red book. Red book, Abi. British use red book and the Americans use blue book and Ghana use green book. <laughs> It's a very powerful thing. 
Yeah, but as long as you hold the red book, you'll be allowed entry. Many people can be stopped, but the moment you carry the red book. Now listen, you don't carry a red book. You carry a heavenly book. And that book, once you carry it anywhere you send that book, access must be given you. That's what we call royal favor. Just as you need a British book to pass British embassy and to go through their protocols. When you also carry heavenly citizens, favor rests upon your life. And when events are passing, it says, pass me not. Go over me. Exempted. 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 From today, you'll be exempted from many things. In the mighty name of Jesus. There is one kingdom of God. Somebody say one kingdom of God. One kingdom of God. And this kingdom is described in scripture in different ways. There are times where it's called the kingdom of heaven. There are times it's called the kingdom of God. Sometimes it's called the kingdom of his dear son. Sometimes it's called the kingdom of your father. There are many biblical physiologies describing the kingdom by itself, the kingdom of God. Now, citizenship in the kingdom of God, I've already talked about it, right? I talked about the fact that that one too is by birth. Somebody say it's by birth. Say it's by birth. Uh-huh. It's by birth. Ghanaian citizen, you have to be born in Ghana. Once you are born in Ghana, you are deemed a citizen. Now, to be born spiritually, to become a member of God's family or God's kingdom, you have to be born. But this birth is not natural. It's not what? It's not natural. That's why nobody can say that I was born a Christian. Nobody's born a Christian. You are born naturally as a sinner. David said, for in sin my mother conceived me and in sin was I born. So all of us are born in sin. But once we profess faith in Christ as our Lord and Savior, immediately we are born again. Somebody say born again. So when we talk about born again, we are simply talking about being born of the spirit and of water. Confessing Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Refusing to trust in your strength, in yourself, in your skill for salvation and choosing to put your trust and confidence in the finished work of Christ on the cross. Somebody say an amen. Now, let's explore the kingdom of God a bit. The word kingdom appears over 100 times in the New Testament. The kingdom of heaven appears over 100 times. 53 times from Matthew to John, and then 75 times from Matthew to Revelation. The kingdom of heaven appears 31 times from Matthew to John, and then 32 times from Matthew to Revelation. That is how important. Jesus didn't talk about many things, but one thing he spoke about was the kingdom. Praise God. He spoke constantly about the kingdom. He spoke constantly. Look at Matthew 4 verse 17. From that time, somebody say from that time. When Jesus began to preach, what did he preach? That's how he started it. He started from that time he began. He started with the kingdom of God and continued all the way. Now go to Acts chapter 1 verse 1. Let me show you something there. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. May you become a kingdom citizen. You are already, but may you become a kingdom-oriented person. He said, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. Now go to verse 2. He said, until the day. Somebody say, until the day. Now, so this account really is after Jesus had died and resurrected. So when he resurrected, he says, until the day he was taken up. Okay, so he died. He's been buried. He's resurrected. The Bible said when he resurrected, until the time he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given them commandment to the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3. Let's read verse 3 together. To whom also 
he presented himself alive after seen by did you see that? Did you see that? Jesus began to preach the kingdom of God and when he was about ascending the last message he was preaching it was the kingdom. It was the kingdom. He started with the kingdom ended with the kingdom. In fact the reason why when he came the people rallied around him was because the Jews had long anticipated liberty from Roman rule and kingdom dominion. They were looking for the day, the Messiah. The Jews are still waiting for their Messiah because they are expecting the Messiah who will come and free them. When Jesus came, they felt that he was coming to free them from then at the time, it was Roman rule, from Roman domination and give them liberty in the flesh. But that was not Jesus' first agenda. His second coming will be about that, but the first coming was not about that at all. And so, at a point, you remember how the Jews rallied around and crucified him because he had disappointed them. Their hopes had been dashed. They expected that he would come and deliver them. And he came, he talked about kingdom, started preaching kingdom, make their hopes very high, send their hopes very, very high. And then eventually they saw him on the cross. And to a Jewish mind, a Messiah cannot be crucified on the cross. That's why they call him curse is every man that hanged on the tree. In Jewish history, the worst of criminals was hung on the tree. Praise God. So a Messiah on the tree. You remember when he was on the cross, he said, if you are the son of God, save yourself and save us. Because if you are a Messiah, you shouldn't be there. But Jesus yielded himself just to make sure that you and I became citizens of his kingdom. The reason why he had to go through that experience was because he wanted to make you and I citizens of that kingdom. That's why the Bible said we are bought with the price. Therefore, we need to glorify God in our bodies and our spirit with our goals. Somebody say, I'm a citizen of God's kingdom. Say, I'm not here by accident. The price has been paid and I'm qualified to be here. I like when the Bible says, he had qualified us. Qualified us. You didn't qualify by yourself, but you've been made qualified. Never allow Satan to disqualify you. Never allow your feelings to disqualify you. Never allow your weakness to disqualify you. Somebody say, I am qualified. qualified. There are some people, they relate to God as if God is sitting on a judgment seat. They can't come to God. A challenge comes to them and they rather run away from God. No, listen. God is your heavenly father. He's not your heavenly terrorist. Praise God. The Bible said, let us come therefore boldly to the throne. You know the throne? The throne of grace. Somebody say, sitting on the throne of grace. Yeah, 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 yeah. The reason why you can come boldly to the throne of grace is because it's the throne of grace. When you come to that throne, they don't look at your faults. They don't refer to your records. He just says, on the account of Christ, you have been liberated. That is the throne of grace. That's the throne Jesus is sitting on. Praise God. So stop judging people because God is not judging them. The Bible said he was not imputing their sins unto them. He was reconciling them unto God. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. The series I'm doing in the midweek, you need it for Christian liberty. Somebody say Christian liberty. Yeah, you need to understand your identity in Christ so you can live the life you ought to live. Praise God. Yeah. Satan has for a long time, the Bible said, Christ has made you free. Stand fast in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. That is Galatians 5 verse 13. 
a lot of people are living in bondage because of a lack of this revelation. The kingdom. Somebody say the kingdom. Now, there are three phases in God's kingdom. First of all, the kingdom of God existed in the past. It exists in the present. And then it will exist in the future. Somebody say it existed in the past. It exists in the present. And it will exist in the future. Great. Look at the past aspect of God's kingdom. Matthew chapter 25 verse 34. The king will say to those on his right hand, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. Did you see that? When was the kingdom prepared? When was the kingdom prepared? The kingdom was prepared from the creation of the world. Now listen, that means that the kingdom of God, the kingdom message, the kingdom agenda is older than man. Man was not created before the creation of the world. Man was created after the world was created. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form. So at that time, where was the kingdom existing? The kingdom existed in heaven. He's the king of kings and the lord of lords. That's why we call it kingdom of heaven. That's where the kingdom was. So why did God create man? When God created man, we are told in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, let's look at why God created man. Why God created man. So the past kingdom existed in eternity. The Bible said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have, and let them have, let them have rule. Let them have rulership. Let them establish their authority. So this is it. God's rule was in the heavens and he wanted to colonize earth. How will he colonize earth? By making man who could stay on the earth and establish his rule on the earth. Praise God. That's why as long as Adam was in charge, God never did anything. The Bible said the heavens are the Lord, but the earth has he given to the sons of men. So he gave it to Adam. Now, since God did that, God never has a right to the earth until he works with man. Spiritual entities cannot function on earth until they work with man. God works with man, Satan works with man. Every spiritual entity must work with man because only man has a legal right to be on the planet. Praise God. So God created man essentially with one objective. Just to have them colonize earth. Those days when the British colonized us, they just brought us. How many of you remember Governor Gorgisbeck? Names like that. What are some of the names of the governors? Gorgisbeck and who? Eh? Castro. <laughs> eh? Clark. The Clark. Sir Charles what? See you. See you. We know all of that. And he's, listen, when they came, they came to colonize us. They came to influence us. And we have been greatly influenced by British people. Do you know? In fact, on the African continent, people who actually still are very ingrained in British culture is Ghana. Yeah. In our small-mindedness, in our things, we are just like British people. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. In our pepper things. You can name some pepper yeah, a lot of it. When I go to Nigeria and I come to Ghana, I know why Ghanaians cannot, the average Ghanaian cannot express himself in English. Because Ghanaians are markers, examiners, they will mark you. I'm telling you, let somebody miss it small. You see, all of a sudden, atmosphere changes. But let me tell you, Nigeria is not like that. Ah, Nigeria, you can be a preacher. You fire here, fire here, you are going. The people are saying amen. Why? Because what they want is a blessing, it's not your language. 
When you come to church, come for blessing. Don't come for the mark language. Yeah. That's what I want to tell you, but I've told you in another way. Praise God. But Ghanaians are pepe And it's good. But sometimes you have to cool down. Sometimes you say, sometimes you have to cool down. Yeah, but we have, we have embraced a lot of things about them. You go to court and you see a black man wearing a white wig. And he's a judge or a lawyer. <laughs> Praise God. Every, a lot of things. We speak their language. And now we speak their languages even at home. Our own languages are becoming extinct. Praise God. That is typical colonization. Now listen. When God made man, that was the agenda he had. He wanted the same thing. The same atmosphere that existed in heaven. That's why Eden was different. In Eden, animals and uh, human beings, they could flow comfortably. There was nothing. Adam was in charge. Adam was not afraid of anything. He was in dominion. It was different. Then when sin came, everything scattered. But you know what? God solved the sin problem. Praise God. Because he wanted that relationship back and the kingdom established, he solved the sin problem. How did he solve it? He made him to be sin who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So when the sin problem was solved, then he was ready now to establish his kingdom again. You see, all through scripture, consistently God has worked in diverse ways to establish his kingdom. Kingdom has always been God's agenda. He started with the first man. It didn't work. Then he chose a nation. So after choosing the first man and he failed, he chose a nation. Which was that nation? It was Israel. He chose the nation of Israel so that through Israel, other nations will be imparted. That's why he told Abraham, I'll bless you and in this are all the nations of the earth. Be blessed. You know, the nation Israel came out of Abraham. So that's what God did. And when he chose Israel, Israel did not understand the responsibility that had been committed to him. And so it messed up. And then God decided, I will still have to need a man. The first man he needed was Adam. Adam failed him. And then God went for the second man. The second man was Christ. He called him the second Adam. The first nation he chose was Israel. Israel failed him. The second nation he has chosen is the church. Praise God. That's why the Bible says, you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. Somebody say we are a holy nation. So, the second nation God has chosen is the church. The church is not the kingdom of God. Get this straight. The church is not the kingdom of God. The church is more like the embassy of the kingdom of God. It's an agency for establishing kingdom rule and kingdom dominion. That's what the church is about. So, we have the present kingdom, the past kingdom, which I've already talked about. We have the present kingdom. Somebody say the present kingdom. Now, if you remember the thoughts we shared last week, we said that a kingdom is a place where a king rules, where law prevails, a place where a king's dominion and influence exists. How many of you remember that? So, as we are speaking now, in this place where we have gathered, who is king here? Whose influence rules here? God. So, this is the present reality of the kingdom of God. In our present time, the kingdom of God is seen in the church. The kingdom of God is in the heart of everyone who is born again. Look at Luke chapter 17, 20 to 21. It's always interesting to say, look at Luke. <laughs> look at Luke. Somebody say, look at Luke. Now, when he was asked by the Pharisees, where the kingdom, listen, they went to him and said, when is the kingdom coming? Because they were very much concerned about kingdom. When is the kingdom coming? He answered them, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Verse 21. Let's read it together. Verse 21. Nor would they say, see here or see there. 
For indeed, the kingdom of God is within. The kingdom of God is within. The kingdom of God is within. So the present reality is that the kingdom of God is within you. Everywhere you go, the kingdom of God goes. Everywhere you go, when you are in the hospital, the kingdom of God is there. When you are on the field playing, the kingdom of God is there. When you are in a letter room, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is presently in the heart of everyone who believes and confesses Christ as Lord. The future kingdom. The future kingdom. That is where the visible kingdom will become a reality. That is where God will come back on earth and reign with us on the earth. You remember he talked about that in the book of Revelation. How many of you remember that? So the kingdom of God exists in three phases. One, it existed in the past, it exists in the present, through us, through the church, through born again saints, and then it will exist in the future. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord give you understanding. May the Lord deepen your revelation of the kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus. has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. Our first service, 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. Second service, 8.15 a.m. to 9.45 a.m. Third service, 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service with our first service, 5.45 p.m. to 7 p.m. Second service, 7.15 p.m. to 8.15 p.m. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you. Oh.